Welcome to the Color and Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Jonah Fair, and I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. Welcome to the very first episode of 2022. No matter when or where you are watching or listening to this, whether it is at the beginning of 2022 or you have stumbled upon this sometime in the distant future, thank you so much for taking your time to be here today. Color and Chaos is just a cry from my heart that I can recognize within the moments of chaos, of difficulty, unknown circumstances, those challenging moments of life. When the storms and the chaoses find us, even though I would want to run away or numb myself, when I don't run away and I don't numb myself from that pain, there is so much growth that comes from it. And so the premise of this podcast is that it's in the chaos that we can find color when instead of leaning on our own strength, our own wisdom, our own understanding, we lean into our creator, savior, and sustainer, the only one that can make us whole. And so I would be honored to pray with and for you as we jump in today's episode. So let's pray and bring our hearts to the only one that could do something with it. Here, let's pray. Lord God, just thank you so much for today. Thank you for this opportunity to do yet another episode and yet another year. Lord, I do not want to take this for granted. So Lord, just please be with me, be with my words, be with my heart, God. Help everything that we talk about today on this episode be glorifying to you. And Lord, may our hearts, all of the walls that we put around our hearts through insecurities, through hurts, pains, wounds, everything that shields our heart from you, Lord, I just pray in your name, Jesus, that those walls can go down so that we can respond to you in new and fresh ways. Lord, give us an intimacy with you that nothing else on this planet can give. We need you. We look to you. Just have your will and way within us. And it's in your name we pray and we surrender, Jesus. Amen. Amen. For those that may be new to this podcast, a lot of what this podcast is, is just honest conversations from one heart to another. I am no different than you. We may have different life experiences. We may have different upbringings and different contexts for why we are the way we are, why we think the way that we think. But at the end of the day, I am a human just like you. And the longer that I live, the more that I see over and over and over and over again that we as people are really not that different. You know, we all encounter anxiety, pain, worries, doubts, confusions. The emotions of the human life are no different regardless of whoever you are. And so a lot of this podcast is me just sharing from my heart just some of that messiness of life. And a lot of the ways that I talk about the messiness of life, the ways that I process the messiness of life is through journaling. And I know that not everybody's a journaler. I've talked to so many people and I try to encourage them to get into journaling, but they, they are just like, hey, look, I've tried and it's not for me. And I've got to the point that I I totally accept that. I know that not everybody's a journaler. But for me, the way that I process is through journaling. I like taking what is complex in my head and in my heart and trying to get it out and just get it on page or something so that I can be able to see it through a different perspective that sometimes it's hard to see when you're in the midst of that chaos, when you're in the midst of that mess. But there's a word that has been coming to me in this last month that seems to kind of be going over and over and over again in my head and my heart. And that word is sanctuary. Sanctuary. 
I looked up the definition of sanctuary just to make sure I wasn't far off from what I was thinking of when I thought about sanctuary. And as I looked it up, here's some definitions of sanctuary. The first definition that comes up is a place of refuge or safety. Another definition for this word is a nature reserve. A sanctuary can be a plot of land that nature can be able to thrive in a way that is not hindered by human interaction. So a nature reserve. Another definition is a holy place, a temple or church. A lot of times when we talk about this word sanctuary, our mind and hearts can often go to thinking of a church. That a lot of times when you think about what a sanctuary is, it goes to this whole idea of like a church, like a building where you go into and the hope is that you can encounter God. And a lot of times when we think about this word sanctuary, we think of that. But this word really goes so much deeper. So as we talk about this word sanctuary, I want just to invoke a mental picture within you. As best as you can, try to imagine this, even if maybe your heart is hurt and you are not wanting any bit of comfort or love right now. I just want to encourage you to think of a mental picture of just being completely embraced by someone who cares for you, not somebody who wants to take advantage of you or to hurt you or has ulterior motives in why they are embracing you. But imagine a world where there is someone who does not have ulterior motives, that really does care for you and love you and just want for you to be able to thrive. Imagine a world where that is the case. And imagine that person just wrapping their arms around you to the point that you can let go of all of that tension that you feel within you and you're able just to release it and almost collapse in their arms. A lot of times we long for that type of love and comfort when we are not experiencing that love and comfort. And recently I found myself going through heartbreak and the heartbreak again is something that each and every one of us can relate to. And although it does look different and the circumstances that lead to heartbreak may look different, but the whole idea of heartbreak is something that so many of us can relate to. And in the midst of my heartbreak, I was just crying out to God in my journal and just crying out, God, you got to help me. You got to help me. And I wrote down something that I wanted to read with you before we jump into a lot of what we're going to be talking about. I wrote down this, Lord, in you, I feel safe and secure. Though there is a pain, questions, hurts, and insecurities that I carry, even damaged goods have a purpose and redemptive use in your hands. What more peace do I need than this? You go before me and you can use someone like me more than I feel like I'm good for or able to be used. One of my favorite passages in the scripture, and if you've been watching or listening to this podcast or you know me personally, you will know this, that one of my favorite passages is Psalms 139. And there's so much within Psalms 139 that is a reason why it's one of my favorite passages. But there's this theme within Psalms 139 And if you've never read Psalms 139, I encourage you to read it. It's one of the best passages in the scripture, in my opinion. But in Psalms 139, very similar to like a journal that I just read from, King David, he's crying out to God and he's just meditating on the reality that God, no matter where I go, you are there and you care for me. It's not just like you're there as if you're one of those like helicopter parents, but you're there because you care. And within Psalms 139, he just talks about that 
even the thoughts in my head you know and you care for. If I go into darkness, even in darkness you are there, and darkness is like light to you. You're able to see me. There's nowhere I can hide. And Psalms 139 talks about the omnipresence, that no matter where we go, you are there. And also the omnipotence of God, the the fact that, Lord, you know everything about each and every one of us. Within Psalms 139, specifically verse 5, David cries out and he says this, You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. What David is saying, he's saying, look, you are always close to me. No matter what's going on above me, behind me, to my sides, you are surrounding me and encompassing me to the point that, Lord, I cannot escape you. No matter where I go, you have your hand of restraint upon me. Now, this hand of restraint isn't an abusive hand, but it's a caring, concerned hand. It's almost like a city that is surrounded by enemies. And the hope is that the defenses that you have will be able to keep safely what is within that city. And so you don't want for there to be holes in your walls of that enemy forces that are coming into that city that is trying to besiege that city. But you hope that there's protection from every side, not only from your sides, but even above you in order for you to be secure, in order for you to be safe. And David is crying out to God saying, God, you keep me safe, not just a physical safety, because a lot of times we prioritize our physical safety over this other type of safety. But David is talking about this other type of safety, which is a soul safety, a safetyness that no matter what happens around us, Lord, you are never letting go, that you love me, that you care for me, that you encompass me like a sanctuary, that no matter where I go, you are there, that I cannot escape from you. So this whole idea of, Lord, that you are where I feel safe and secure. And as I was going through that heartbreak, I was just crying out to God saying, Lord, I can see a safety and a security in you, not just a external safety and security, because my external circumstances as I was writing that were not very good. (laughs) It was not very good, but it was a internal circumstance that goes so far beyond the external that I was feeling. And in that moment, I just said, God, I feel safe and secure in you. Even though outside there's a lot of worries, there's a lot of anxieties, there's a lot of doubts, confusions, and hurts and wounds. Lord, I'm being honest and saying, Lord, I know that you see all of that. And because you see all that, I can be safe and secure. There's a passage within the scripture that goes upon this whole idea of sanctuary and is found within Psalms 27 verse 4. He says this, this is King David. He says, the only thing I ask of the Lord, the thing that I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will be able to hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. 
And again, this is Psalms 27. And David is saying, Lord, I wish that there was a way for me to live within your sanctuary. And the sanctuary that David is talking about is a literal building, the temple, the temple that he felt the Lord put on his heart to build for him, where the Ark of the Covenant, where God's presence can dwell among man. And David is saying that if only I can live each and every day in your presence, that no matter what surrounds me, I'll be okay. And he talks about in verse five, he says, look, you will conceal me there when trouble comes. You can hide me in your sanctuary. You will place me out of reach on a high rock for my enemies. And then because he knows that he's safe and secure, he cries out in verse six saying, then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. So when we know that we are safe and secure in the Lord, we are able to have that joy, to have that peace, to have that identity within us that nothing else of this world can rob us from. So David is saying, Lord, if only I can be in your presence, in your sanctuary, I won't have to deal and to fight these battles alone, but I can have a joy that goes beyond my external circumstances, knowing that you are around me, you secure me, you hem me in above and below from every side that I am safe with you. There's so much within the scripture that goes in this whole idea of saying, Lord, within you, I am safe. In Psalm 61, within this, David cries out in verse two, he says this, he says, from the ends of the earth, I call out to you. Whenever my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I recognize that within this verse, that David's heart is no different than our heart. When we are threatened, when we are going through hurts and pains, each and every one of us long for some type of security beyond what we are feeling through our own understanding or our own strength or our own just ability to understand what's going on. That when we go through these moments of difficulty and pain and hardship and heartbreak, we long for a strength that is bigger than what we are currently feeling. And David says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, when my heart is faint, when my heart is faint. We long for this sanctuary. We long for this place where we can be at rest, that we can be secure. And so often our eyes go to the earthly things, the earthly buildings, the earthly temples or sanctuaries to say. But what David is longing for isn't found within a earthly place but it's found in Jesus, it's found in the resurrected Savior. David was longing for God to do what only he can do that nothing else in this world can ever fulfill. And so David says, lead me, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. If only I can dwell in your sanctuary all of my days. After King David, there's a man named Saul who later we know of as Paul. And Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter three. He says this, he says, I know that I am nothing without Christ. I am nothing without the power of God working through me. And then he says this in verse 12, 
in him, in Jesus, and through faith in him, we may enter God's presence with boldness and confidence. So I ask you not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I ask that out of the riches of his glory, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Then you being rooted and grounded in love will have power together with all the saints to comprehend the length and the width and the height and the depth of the love of Jesus and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. And then verse 20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is in work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. Heavy heart, what David cried for and longed for is no different than what me and you long for and cry for. And that is to be loved and to be surrounded by someone who cares, that does not have ulterior motives, that knows us inside and out, and that can give us a security and a safety that goes beyond our external circumstances. A love and a joy that goes beyond what we have or what we don't have. And that could be found through Jesus. We don't have to go to a building in order to encounter the presence of God. All that it takes is a heart surrendered to God himself through Jesus saying, Lord, do within me whatever you want to do. My life is yours. The sanctuary that we long for, the home that we long for is nothing found on this earth, but it's found through Jesus. And in the moments of heartbreak and longing, we cry out. We cry out for so much more than anything this world can offer. The rock that is higher than I. And that rock is nothing. It's not a person. It's not a building. But it is Jesus. It is our creator, savior, and sustainer. He is the resurrected Savior. And in his hold hands, he can hold our hold heart. Jesus on the cross, he took all of your sin, my sin, all of our brokenness, all of the weight of our selfishness. He took it and through his sacrifice, we are able to be forgiven and to be accepted into the family of God. A pure God can stand in the presence of us despite our impurity. Why? Because the blood of Jesus makes us pure. Jesus paid the just price for your sin and my sin, and that is through his life. I was talking to a friend recently who has been struggling in his relationship with Jesus, and he's just been asking those questions that each and every one of us have to ask of Jesus. Who are you and what does that mean to me? And this is someone that I went to Bible college with, and we've had a lot of just powerful moments in the Lord, but recently he's been struggling in his faith. And recently I went with a walk with him and he was just talking about all these doubts that he has about the Bible and about who Jesus is. And as we were talking, he was just saying that, look, like I really struggle with all of this, but there was something that both of us kind of rested on when we were just talking as we were walking around the neighborhood. That's something that doesn't make sense just through evolutionary theory. And that idea is sacrifice. 
that each and every one of us, if we were just evolved from a soup of genes or whatever, and we evolved from animals into who we are now, sacrifice doesn't make sense because within that idea, yes, even though love you can think of as as chemical things happening within the human mind or within an animal's mind, you can think about it all and reduce it down to that idea. But sacrifice doesn't make sense because if the ultimate purpose of life, if that is all that there is, is a preservation of life. Everything that we do, the ulterior motive is a preservation of life. But sacrifice makes no sense because it's giving of oneself for another. That doesn't make sense evolutionary. Because if all we were made to do is to pass our genes on and to survive, why would we give ourselves up for another? Because that is literally giving up everything that you are in order for another. And the Bible says that there is no greater love than he who gives his life for a friend. And through Jesus, we see the love of God through sacrifice that each and every one of us has to come face to face with and say, Lord, why would you give yourself for us unless there was no ulterior motive, but that you loved us so much that God gave himself in order for us to be reconciled with him. What greater love is that than he who gives his life for a friend? And our God gave his life in order for us to come to him, no matter where we are, no matter what we've done, in order to experience a reconciled relationship with him that has been paid for on the cross. What greater love than this? What we long for is found in Jesus. That everything that our heart longs for and searches for in temples, in people, in places, in the things of this world, nothing, nothing surrounds us and holds us secure than Jesus. There is no earthly temple that can give us a eternal peace like Jesus. And when we come to Jesus, the fullness of God dwells within us in order for us to live that joy out, to live that peace out, to live that security out, and to be radical in a world that is so focused on self-preservation that sacrifice makes no sense. We have a God that gave it all in order for us to experience the fullness of him. Heavy heart, no matter where today finds you, I pray that we are able to find our sanctuary upon the God who cares for us. I wanted to end reading another excerpt from my journal. And again, my heart of reading my journal is not for you to think more highly of me, but for you to see yourself in this, that we are so much alike in the sense that we all long for a God that cares. We all long for our creator, savior, sustainer to draw near to us. We all want to know that there's a hope and purpose beyond anything that this world can offer. And though there are hardness of our hearts that prevent us from experiencing that sometimes, that we have a God that is bigger than the hardness of our heart. And all it takes is even just a mustard seed of faith saying, Lord, help me, help me do what I can't do on my own strength. Break down these walls that only you can break down. When we go to God intentionally, he will always draw near to us. 
that there is not a moment where we don't seek after God and really put our hearts out there where he does not find us. Jeremiah 29, 13, God tells Jeremiah at the pit, at the lowest low, where he was longing for that sanctuary. God tells Jeremiah, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. You will find me in heavy heart. That is no different than what God said to Jeremiah. He didn't just say it to Jeremiah. He said it as a universal truth to each and every one of us. When we seek our God with all of our heart, we will find him. We have to make ourselves available and cry out to our God like never before. And sometimes the catalyst for the revival that we pray for comes through a pain, though we may not understand it fully in the moment, but that pain will lift our eyes to the healer and the source of our hope. Our God can use pain. Our God can use pain. And I know that it was the pain in my life that has drawn me closest to God. And recently I wrote this. I am not in control, Father, and I acknowledge this. Thank you for faithfully leading me into the beautiful plans that you have for your children. I recognize that so often I place my faith in faiths and not in you. I place my faith in dreams, visions, situations where I feel you are doing something. And yet those moments are all beautiful. But at the end of the day, you, the person of Jesus, is where my faith lies. There's such a bigger picture than the current state of life. And Lord, you know the next second and you know the next 48 hours of that life. Relationships bring me every spectrum of emotions. And Father, you know how at times I feel cursed with them. But my faith is not in my faiths, but it is in you. You overcome curses. You redeem what we mess up. You give hope in hopeless situations. You are love eternal despite the horrors of temporary and absent loves. You are my king, even when I feel stranded, abandoned, with nowhere to call home. Jesus, you are my home when the home of this world leaves my heart and mind high and dry, enslaved to lies and death. You know the plans that you have for your children. You know, oh, you know. And we can rest knowing that all of the tears, hurts, wounds, doubts, and questions will be fulfilled that day where we are face to face with you. My faith can rest in that day when these days bring my heart, soul, and body no rest. Faithful Wounds, the song by Corey Asbury is playing in the background as I write this to you. No matter what is to come, heavy heart who reads this, or I guess now listen to this. Faithful are the wounds, though they sting, to find their healing in the suffering servant faithfully holding us. Heavy heart, you are loved. And there is a sanctuary that encompasses you that comes through a surrender to our God. God, give us a perspective to see you in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our chaos. Give us a perspective to see you in the midst of our joys and our happiness. Lord, may the root and the anchor of those joys, of those happiness, find their root in you where nothing else can take away, rob, steal, or destroy. Jesus, at the end of the day, you give us a soul safety, a soul safety, even though our body rots. Lord, we can rest knowing that we are eternally in your hands. And no matter what happens to this body, no matter what happens to this heart, Lord, you are the same. 
Jesus, thank you that you are our sanctuary and faithful are the wounds of your hands. Lord, you are the friend that surpasses all friends, lover that surpasses all lovers. And Lord, you give an intimacy beyond any intimacy that this world can bring. May everything that we are find its rest in you. We need you. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to hold us. Even though our hearts feel hold, you hold us through your nail-pierced hands. Jesus, faithful are your wounds, and we thank you. It's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. God, I'm wrestling with the waiting again. Impatience or disease in this cage for my sin. They say, Boy, you better keep running. I'll put this pace I can't sustain. But the heart of me Faith.
remember now We remember now We remember how Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Come on, drop start 